When I sin, I like to get tanned. It's February 21st, 2024, and this is Rare Encounter, encounter number 178. And playing Cupid at the archery range, I'm Abel Kirby. And putting on my robe and wizard hat, I'm Cold Acid. Roll for critical damage. <laughs> Man. Wow, it's been two weeks. We took a day off just, yeah. for, the, just for the special holiday. <laughs> yeah, just just so you and I can each get laid with other people, not each other. Exactly. Uh, fantastic, fantastic results. Uh, we should do that more often. Getting laid? Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, I, I'm I'm reminded I'm reminded of uh, of that episode of Simpsons where Mensa took over the city after Mayor Diamond Joe Quimby fled, uh, and. Uh, and comic comic store guy wanted to bring in Pon Far by law, which meant like having sex once every seven years, uh, much less frequently for many people, but much more frequently for him. <laughs> no, I've never seen that, but that's a. Uh, I mean, they did they it just had, it even had Stephen Hawking in it. Did they as just a guest. did they just get like every possible premise and try and work it into every episode? You know. They have a tendency well, of doing after, the sip after what thirty five fucking years now or something. Yeah, you can right? see how the I mean, Simpsons did I mean, it. They started, they started making parodies of their own episodes at uh, at some point in the last uh, five to ten years. I, I think they're played out, honestly. Mm-hmm. But back back in the day, back in the day, they had some real humdingers that were really fun to watch. Yeah, I've got some. I think I ended up watching an episode about the, uh, or it was a YouTube video about the uh, style guide for The Simpsons and how people have been piecing it together and and with various scan pages over the years. So over the last 30-something years, there's been people, and it's like ex-artists talking and mentioning it. And, uh, like, what are the official rules for drawing the different characters? And, you know, are you allowed to draw eyes like this or like that? I didn't even know there were rules. Uh, there there are Not rules. Yeah, and then they go into all the different characters who violate them in various ways, you know, over the over the course of them. It was a it was a fascinating video. I should find that. It's I don't have you it should. handy, but you should find it, bring it up on a future episode because that sounds like uh that sounds like show content for sure. Mhm. Yeah. Uh just they had a couple things. One of them was that the uh no demonic expressions was one of the one of the requirements you can't make crazy uh evil faces if you're drawing the characters officially they have to be kind of dumb all the time uh, and uh then they had you know just general rules about cross eyes and how many eyelashes and so on things like that it was yeah very, sounds very, boring yeah it was very intricate <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a lot of rules and they all kind of had a uh a reason for them to exist and they talked about it so it was kind of fun as a yeah as a non-artist kind of different kind of different from like disney's rules where it's like you had to be you had to be like uh not living in sin uh signed card for the nazi party you know yeah you had to uh have at least one popular character be a nazi yeah jeez oh, what I was bumped that the uh, i bumped the i bumped the mic uh 
thingy. I thought that was you opening some weird bottle, and I, I thought maybe that was the echoing pop of a cork. Uh, I opened I opened the bottle, and then I put my bottle opener back where I hang it, which is on the, uh, which is on like that bar for the uh, for the thread for holding on the uh, the mic arm. Ah, uh, should I hit and the? I accidentally tapped it a little hard when putting it on there, and you heard the springs. Should I hit the sound cue? Yes. Haritos. What flavor do we get? Uh, we got mango today. Mango. A mango mango. Yeah. I I still do the jazz hands every time you play that sting. <laughs> I, I can't I can't help myself. Yeah, something's just the routine. You gotta it's tradition now. It, yeah, it's tradition. I've got By some... the way, by the way, there was more to there is actually like when I was saying putting on my robe and wizard hat, I was actually talking like almost IRL there. I I bought some stuff last week. <laughs> Did you buy an orb? No, I haven't bought an orb yet. Yet. Yes. I already I already had the robe. <laughs> I already had the robe because I got that back at uh back at Gen Con 2019. <laughs> but I ordered last week a uh a linen tunic, uh, some lace-up pants, and a uh, an old-style, like, <laughs> O-ring-style belt with pouch. A belt with a built-in O-ring? Jeez. No, no, no. You know, the ones where instead of having, like, the D-ring the D and, uh, and the little sticky bit that goes through the holes in the belt. <laughs> what are you talking where- about? It's a it's a belt. It's a belt dude. Uh, with a little sticky thing that goes through the no, holes. No, no, like you know, or the belts that people wear these days have the little have the little stick thing, right? That you put through the hole in the belt okay, and I, it rests against the D ring. All right? right, okay, I got it. I right? thought you put your this, D in the D this ring. This is one. Yeah, this is one with an O ring. There's no, there's no little like. A metal tongue stick thing in it. Instead, what you have to do is you tie it around the belt after putting it through the after putting it through the O-ring. Right? <laughs> okay, I I'm visualizing this now. I get it. Yeah. And then you have and then I have a pouch, although it's it's <laughs> too modern because it uses the it uses snaps instead of like, you know, just being like a plain leather loop that's stitched in. Mm. Do you throw spells around now? I not yet, not yet. I still need I still need to make my staff and that is something that is something that's actually going to be a bit more work because I need to get like I need a frosted globe, right? Okay. And I need I need some I need to find like some lead strips that run at 3 volts instead of 12. <laughs> what? And an Arduino mini and a uh and a battery pack that'll that'll keep it running all day. Those lead strips are going to be hard. The forward bias that you need to turn an LED on can be, uh, I think it's uh, it's at least a volt. It's almost two. So, you know, getting them to run at a low voltage, uh, I, I'm not sure how low you can go. Three, mate, you probably do three. But yeah, I think three should be three should definitely be doable. Yep. There's a but there's the a chemistry idea, limit it, though, so you got to be careful. I know, but the whole idea is like. There in this in this like frosted globe, right? I'd have the LEDs there, and I'd have a little I'd have like a little microcontroller bit. Well, I'm thinking like using an Arduino for. Okay. Though I've got to buy one first to like chain to like change which lines 
are on and off, right? So it's like the globe is always changing colors in this sort of smoky thing, right? Oh. So I, th I think it'll look pretty cool if I can actually accomplish it before Anime North. Okay, the, now that I understand what this is about, Anime yeah, North. I, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm joining the legions of cosplayers. This, this is one of the many ways in which I'm becoming more deviant. I see. And so are you going to practice uh, any sound effects spells? I, I can give you some sound effects for spells if you want. You could have a transformation sequence. No, it's, I'm going to an anime convention. You know what a transformation sequence there requires? It Surgery. Requires, it requires me to, yeah, it requires me to, like, you know, strip naked and then have, like, a frilly little dress on afterwards. <laughs> I, I'm not doing, I'm not that deviant yet. Imagine if, uh, yet. Im yet. Imagine if in the, uh, in the, uh, uh, what is it called? The anime? Like, uh, Sailor Moon is the, uh, not the shoujo anime, the, uh, and I can't, Sentai, it's not that, the Maho Shoujo. Maho Shoujo, There yeah. we go, okay. Uh, transformation sequence was actually surgery. <laughs> uh, and they just reused the footage, like, just, just in the style and the tradition of the genre, they just reused the footage, the same footage every week, so they had the same surgery every week. Uh. Bad. <laughs> Ugh. Here, you know what? That's not actually a bad idea as well. Having like a little, having like a little speaker in my wizard staff, and like a and like a little pad where I can like press buttons to play different sound effects. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you some, uh, some kind of swooshes, and you can have a a sound yeah. effect like that. I'm definitely now. Ha I'll definitely now be having to look at getting like a lithium battery pack though, instead of just running it off like a a couple of D cells. Why'd you need it at three volts instead of just putting two in series? You could run it off five for sure. Because uh, uh, three <laughs> volts just works out better, you know, because all these different cells, they have different amperages, but they're all one and a half volts, right? Mm -hmm. You know what a nine volt battery is, right? It's just a fucking, it's just fucking like six really small one and a half volt uh cells yep. in series it's just the acaline cells they all tend to be one and a half volts yeah and they all tend to they all run to tend to they all they all tend to run short in terms of life yep. if you're constantly using them so which is why i'm thinking like having having a lithium pack that can store more power and just like put it out at like three volts uh would be nice okay um so three volts, it just seems low to me because you've got to run the the microcontroller on that. I don't know if you're going to get a microcontroller that does that. If you want to do amplified Apparently audio. Arduino minis, our Arduino nanos are uh, are pretty uh, pretty low powered, and and they're about the size of uh, of like a dip forty. Okay. Yeah, I I use yeah. some of those. I have them. I think I always run them off from five though. So I'm maybe they work on three too. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe then I'll have to get like a five volt uh, lithium pack. Mm. But I mean, like the most important thing is actually having the look, right? Right. Uh, if I can't, if I can't have the electronic science project going on, oh well. So long as I, so long as I look like some wizardy dude who goes around adventuring, mm -hmm. that's the important thing.
Yeah, the Arduino Nano is a. It needs a five volt on it, and it does do. I think it does. Um, it might do lower logic level, um, like three point three volt logic. But I think the the part itself needs to run on five. You're buying an Arduino Nano, just as a okay as a hint. And it has a regulator. I believe it has a. There's voltage regulators on these things. So if you put in the wrong amount, it it'll clip it down to what it needs. But you can't go under. Yeah. Depending on which board you buy, right? Yeah. So we got a couple. We got a couple donations before we move on to uh, before we move on to any of the other content. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we forgot to read off the the last donation that came in last show. Okay. Which was from Boobery. And he he had sent in he had sent in thirteen thousand three hundred sixty nine sats. Does any of this sound familiar to you? Not particularly. Well, it's been two weeks anyway. Anyway, yeah. he said, and I quote: "On DMX and screens, what you'd more likely see is either the lighting or audio console firing triggers to video playback software using timecode or MIDI." Each DMX address controls one parameter inside a fixture. A little RGB LED controller would take three. Yep. One for red, yep. one for blue, etc. A more complex moving light could vary. The pan, tilt, zoom, dimmer, color flags, etc. I'll take one address each, typically. Yep. Each yep. address is sent a value of 0 to 255, or 0 to 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds legit. Yep. That's, that's it. Um, I was trying to get that to work but it wasn't it wasn't like the i was writing stuff out to address one two and three thinking okay well okay let's be as dumb as i can and it turns out that the the light i had has a big bank of dip switches on it where somehow you're supposed to be able to configure the addresses it works at and i can't find a manual for it so i'm just flipping switches and trying to guess (laughs) which uh (laughs) dmx channels are associated with it and i could never get it i couldn't get it to do anything um, and the other problem is some states on the dip switches put it into uh, manual override. So if you hit the wrong bit pattern, then it'll do things like assign, a, you know, half the dip switches will suddenly start controlling the RGB levels locally. So you can like override if you don't have DMX. So that project kind of stalled because I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't decode couldn't what the hell I needed to do to make it. I did it like five years ago with this light somewhere. I had a piece of code that, that, that ran it and i can't find the code and i can't find the pdf that has all that detail in it so whatever yeah that's where it so it here, here's well thanks here, Boobery, for the tip yeah I, that's yeah, great thanks, explanation uh here's something here's something that that reminded me of there's a programming language where you write your code as midi files okay yeah so you're you're programming would actually be like a fucking musical score essentially and that would and that would actually like be compiled into executable code for this weird ass language is it corded that's my only question no i I think i think it's i think its name starts with a v or something Ah, no i mean is the language itself chord based or is it you know single uh single note based oh like i'm i want I want to have, you know, assigned variable one, you know, I'm playing in this I, I the like scale the, of I like C, the right? Idea, you know what I like the idea of? What about a programming language that's based on mod files? And then, like, every instrument that you have set up is, like, its own executable thread. Jeez. 
What about yeah, a I'm programming getting, language? I'm nerdy, aren't I? What about a programming language built in? Did you say mod files or wad files? Mod files. Because I like, want to say know, Amiga modules. Because I want to say wad files, like Doom, uh, Doom wads. Where, where every... Well, I mean, there was there was a uh, there was a scripting language for Hexen that uh, the scripts would be compiled and put in the wads. Everyone's but I don't think that's a, I don't think that's what you mean. Yeah, I mean, everyone's trying to make stuff run Doom, and we could be making Doom run stuff. I get where you're going with this. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good idea. We do have another donation. Yes, we do have another donation. Uh, Pfeiffer came in as well since the last show, and he sent in 6666 sats with the message, thank you for the top-notch expose on candy math. That was hilarious. Oh. When it comes to fun stuff between <laughs> algebra and calculus, I'm autistically fond of trigonometry myself. Give me them angles, bro. Yeah, trig is pretty awesome. Um, it very, is. Very useful. Use It, it I, is that too. I... I have a couple favorite um, applications in real life that require law of cosines to get the right answer. And you know, I'm very you know proud what I that. like when I sin, I like to get tanned. <laughs> Do you know those Sakatoa abbreviations? You, you know, you those? know what you needed there. You needed like you needed like a womp, well, I'm womp, just or you know some other sort of like some other sort of like insulting sound for my dad joke. I was I was on board. I was co-sinning you. Hello? Was it that bad? It was so bad he disconnected. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm I'm trying to get my Albi thing to display my uh, the the boost right now, and I'm having no luck. So I'm gonna give up and let you uh, be in charge of that for for this entire time. Albines. Albines. I can't get it to work. Yeah. Sorry, guys. So I got more tech stuff to talk about. Uh, like, do we want to talk, do we want to talk, uh, hardware? Do we want to talk artificial intelligence? I've got some more, I've got some more drama tubing and I've got a, uh, I've got some Asian, uh, gambling games. Asian gambling games sounds kind of fun. Um, well, well I only have one of those. Let actually. me, let me tell you what I have. Cause I have some clips that I thought I said to hog story but i guess they didn't make it to the show so i've got i actually have some clips for today and Ooh. i also have let's see i wanted to talk a little bit about noster and i think that fits with one of your tech stories and i also have something from bemrose cool did you did you receive that in the rare encounter uh, mail mailbox oh i might have uh things have been a little uh, things have been a little hairy lately let me get that uh just to get he it out of the way send, he sent me a message he sent me a message before uh shit poster went down so mm -hmm. i don't know if i actually got something back so uh, from him in my email back on encounter 174 we were talking about doing radio promos for the show and i think we joked ryan should do one and he actually did and he sent it oh, in yeah yeah he i yeah he linked it to me and the link had expired, so then he pasted it into another DM to me. Okay, cool. And uh, I was able to play it out of that, but because <laughs> shit posters down, I, I have, have access to it right now. I can play now. it. Play it! Hi, I'm Ryan Bemrose, and whenever I'm not drunk and slaying pussy, I listen to Rare Encounter. Woohoo! <laughs> Woo! That's pretty awesome. Thanks, Ryan. 
I mean, I thought our show is what you'd listen to when you're drink when you're drunk and slaying pussy at the same time. <laughs> yeah, or when you're slaying drunk and when something. When you're slaying drunk pussy? When you're slaying drunk pussy. That's rape. Wait a minute. When I'm slaying drunk pussy, I have just finished listening to Rare Encounter. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I'm gonna transform. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> people calling for stops here slaying drunk pussy yeah (laughs) well like do you want to explore these clips i think they i think they might be short they might be good or bad i'm not sure hit me with a clip all right here's a clip why can't we get 27 million views (laughs) do all i have to do is just kiss you okay (laughs) all right i got another one the alcohol has to stay in that hole Mm mm-hmm Oh, right. <laughs> Alcohol has to stay in which hole? Yeah, we're t- we're talking about slaying drunk pussy, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, how about this one? Oh, this is what they say when I walk by. That is a fine specimen of a man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I remember I got these clipped off these bitches on YouTube who were hanging around a rural king. A, what the fuck's a rural king? It, it is a, um, it's like a redneck Walmart. They have them okay. in Ohio. They're in Ohio. They're in Illinois. They're in a couple places around. But they're um, kind of a mix of a tractor supply, feed supply store, and an outdoor sporting store. So you can buy. So, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking like something like uh, Sneed's Feed and Seed. It is a Sneed's Feed and Seed, and you can buy feed. Formerly and- Chuck. You can buy feed, seed, and chucks. What exactly do you suppose a meat bird crumble is? Yes. <laughs> I kind of like this one. Rub some butt. Rub some butt. Oh, rub some butt. I like exactly. rubbing butt. Yep. Um. Oh, shit. I have one more that I got for you. <gasps> I completely you? forgot. I have a TEDx talk about lions. Maybe we'll filter that in later. I don't want to take up all the About lions, the time you say. Yeah, it's a TEDx talk about lions. Uh, and who gave this talk? I don't know. I just clipped it. it. That's all I have. It says TEDx underscore lions dot MP3. Huh. And I know I clipped it Why? for you. Well, I'm thinking Sam Hyde. I, I'm thinking Sam Hyde. How does he keep getting away with it? <laughs> do you want to play it or do you want to? Now I'm too curious. I'm going to have yeah, to play, play it now. Play, play a bit of it. All right. Here we go. TEDx on lions. Oh, it starts with one of these. What the hell? I hope I clipped the right thing. This is weird. Mmm. Who in here is a veterinarian? Raise your hand. I'm not. Wow, I'm the only one? Guess. All right, so I just want to tell you the story about what makes the lion the king of the jungle. What makes the lion... Oh, right, because we did the game of the week. Now, it's coming back to me. We did the game of the week and uh, about the kings. Yeah. King of the jungle. I wanted to get a clip about the king of the jungle. So I got this guy. He's going to tell us why the lion's the king of the jungle. Okay. I got it. Sorry. I my, I don't have any notes. I did prepare stuff, but I didn't write it down. So I've got to reconstruct it in real time. Here we go. TEDx. We're going to learn why the lion is the king of the jungle. The most sought after specimen in the jungle. Now, if I was to ask you a question of who can dominate if they go head to head out of a lion or a tiger, you would probably say the tiger will dismantle the lion. But one thing that I learned is the reason why the lion is the king of the jungle 
is because the right side of the lion's body is so strong, but their strength is asymmetrical. The right side of the lion's body is so strong that nothing can really stop it. Are you getting this cold? Yeah, I'm getting this. The right side of the lion's body is so strong, nothing can stop it. But the lion has a weakness. Asymmetrical strength. Yeah. Asymmetrical strength. Who'd have thunk it? The lion's body is so strong that nothing can really stop it. But the lion has a weakness. A weakness? The weakness is all you have to do is cut a lion on the side, and the lion is going to have things that start bleeding out. Yeah, did you get that? Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm, a, I'm getting this. So cut, far, so good. Yeah, cut a lion on the side. All right, king of the jungle. But the veterinarian can't do the surgery on the lion's side because the right side of the lion's side is so strong that they'll pull away and pull their body out of place. Mm -hmm. So in order to do a surgery on the lion, they had to actually go around the left side of the lion's body in front of the arteries on the inside of the body to start connecting things so that they don't pull themselves out of place. Oh, yes. Right? The fact that none of you guys were experts or veterinarians you would probably realize that everything I say was not true. I don't know anything about lions. That's the reality, right? <laughs> oh, oh, we've been bamboozled. By this lion artist. He's a lion artist. He is. I just cast a spell to clean myself <laughs> off. Oh, God. <laughs> Stupid. I can't believe I forgot what that clip was. I, I clipped it just for you. Oh, thanks. All right. All right. Hit me with a topic. We got to get some uh, okay, content. Okay. You ever play Mahjong? I have played I don't Mahjong. Mean, I don't mean like Mahjong Solitaire, like on the computer. I mean like, you know, you and three other guys in a smoky room with a with a, like a box full of tiles. Do they all have to be guys? Well, they tend to be. They tend to be, you know, like grizzly, middle-aged to like... 70 year old Asian dudes, right? When you when you see them in like in the movies, it's like, you know, the the guys playing mahjong and there's the opium <laughs> den and like all these like nor sort of or like Asian exploitation films. Like the back room of a laundry mat too, is that what Yeah, we are? yeah, like that, yeah. <laughs> okay. Although although I've seen more I've seen more uh animated women playing mahjong than uh real live men playing it to be honest yeah well why do i have to play with real live old grizzled 70 year old men and you get to play because with animated you don't women watch vtubers but uh, i've played strip mahjong yeah with who it was on like the super nintendo <laughs> and it was a pirate cartridge <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those games that wasn't licensed by nintendo yeah yeah it goes yeah but that's yeah i played mahjong <laughs> that's about it yeah, that's still that's still solitaire mahjong. Generally. Yeah, it is. It is. You're, you're like you're like matching the tiles, and it uncovers it uncovers the titties. Well, you know, it doesn't have to be solitaire if you got the right friends over. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, thanks to thanks to watching VTubers, and in particular, a stream last night. Uh, where they were playing Mahjong in Minecraft. Okay. No, not like, not like the in Minecraft meme. Like they were actually playing in Minecraft in this particular built world for, for their agency. And there were like Mahjong tables and there must be like some scripted Mahjong game, 
uh, for Minecraft that was built into this world because there were tables fucking everywhere and they could actually like sit down and play a game of Mahjong. So it, I didn't like wondering, like, I wonder what it would be like to actually, to actually play the game myself. Okay. So I was just wondering if you had actually played like proper Mahjong or not. No, I'd be down for it with the robot table. I've watched some sake, that anime. Yeah. Um, that's all about Mahjong. <laughs> if you've seen it, if you know what I mean, wink. Yeah, but on the other hand, on the other hand, like, uh, when you've got it in, like, entertainment like that, it's like, you know, people, people aren't really playing. It's like all, it's all done for, like, the drama or comedy, right? Like, the, the, who's got what tiles is rigged by the author for whatever, whatever all, like, provide the provide the appropriate emotion for the scene uh-huh right which is different from like people actually properly playing a game right mm-hmm. maybe maybe they'll have some jong tables at uh anime north i can sit down and learn no, that'd be cool i would uh yeah. i would enjoy playing it i especially do like the uh I, i'm just a big fan of the automated shuffler dealer table thing <laughs> I'd love to you, see you one. Just, you, just want, you just want robots to take over. <laughs> yeah. Traitor to mankind. Uh, <laughs> it's me and the tables. Yeah. Table bot. But yeah, I, I mean, <clears throat> from, watching, from watching those particular streams, like, like it's, it seems like a, an interesting game. And it's kind of, it's I mean, it's, it's not a card game, but it could be. But it's just that it uses tiles. And you build a wall of tiles that you draw from instead of a deck of cards, mm -hmm. right? But I mean, otherwise, it's like it's like you pick up from the wall or from somebody's discards, right? And you you build your you build your sets to play until you've got like a uh, the winning hand. Do you want to try and play uh, multiplayer mahjong? Is there is there a Maybe a website we could play that together on. Maybe, not now, maybe uh, after the show, or yeah. maybe tomorrow. Maybe, maybe on the weekend. Maybe on the and weekend. Okay. I've been, I've been. You know how you've been overworking lately? Uh huh. Yeah, I've fallen into the same fucking hole, man. Oh jeez, there's not a lot yeah. of room in this hole. <laughs> no, but today at least today for Wednesdays, I leave at my normal time, anyways, right? Mm -hmm. But. Last week and this week, I'm working like at minimum of an extra hour a day uh, because we are crunching right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know uh, how it is. Absolutely. Yep. And it looks like it's going to be for next week as well ah, until geez. we get this until we get this release out the door. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, but at the very at the very least, at the very least, I know there's at least one uh Mahjong game where you can have people join and play with you that's on Steam. There's probably others that aren't on Steam and are in the browser. And of course, I know that it's in Minecraft, even though I don't have or play Minecraft. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm seeing a couple of hits. I'm sure we could find something. Yeah. So aside from from that, um, was there any more to say about your <laughs> degeneracy? Oh, yeah, yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's one, there's one VTuber topic that stands alone on the ongoing, uh, 
Kurosanji issue. And there's another one that comes out of my AI topics for today. Okay. So do we want to go AI or do we want to go uh, Kuso Sanji? That's basically politics for for uh, for VTubers. For VTubers, yeah. That's I don't well, know. I, in this case, in this case, it's it's pretty interesting. I haven't watched the whole thing yet, but there's this uh, there's this guy up here in Canada, uh, Ian Runkle, and he's a lawyer, right? And he's one of these law tubers, right? So he does. He does streams about like court cases and and legal issues and stuff. And because he's Canadian, just like Doki Bird, uh, it seems like he would be a more appropriate person to cover the cover the legal issues of the whole uh, the whole like disaster than say uh, the American law tubers out there, right? Because they. They would be able to cover like the U.S. law if it was like a VTuber from the states versus an agency in uh, anywhere, right? But when it's Canadian law that's applying, well, you want a Canadian lawyer, right? And so it was—it's pretty interesting. Uh, he has a channel, Runkle of the Bailey, mm -hmm. and yes, that is a reference to Rumple of the Bailey, the uh, the old English sitcom. I've never seen it. Oh, okay. Well, get cultured. <laughs> English. <laughs> so I, I put that in. I put that in the notes. I put that in the notes, and uh, yeah, I've seen a couple clips here and there from it, and not the whole stream, but yeah, like he's he's giving good advice. And I hope this whole thing like comes to an end, or at least fades out of sight soon. Because I mean, if it wasn't if it wasn't for Niji Sanji. Uh, dropping their spaghetti with the termination notice, none of this would have been going on for all these weeks to begin with. Mm. Anyway, moving on to AI disasters and staying on VTubers, uh, my Oshi, uh, Pipkin Pippa, <laughs> decided that she wasn't going to spend her Valentine's Day alone. She decided that she was going to... Uh, sign up for novel AI and generate herself a waifu oh boy. and and uh, try and ERP with it for uh, for her stream oh, on Valentine's Day. Things didn't work out as planned. Did you she bring... did create a cute tanned uh, uh, musician girlfriend who almost immediately Freaked her the fuck out by being a Yandere stalker. Did you bring a clip? <laughs> I fucking I should I should pull out a clip for this. There, uh, one of the funniest things was apparently this this AI knew get knew about uh, VTubers, but didn't know about Phase Connect or Pippa. So this um... VTubers. Yeah, sometimes. Choruses. What? What? That's so cool! What VTubers do you like? Well, Pecora and, uh, Kikaria and, uh, Choco and, uh, Flare. Mostly Hololive! <laughs> 
<laughs> what? That's funny. What? Oh, it gets better. It gets better. You're a fan of Hololive? <laughs> yeah, they're pretty much all I watch. Very true. Oh, well, have you heard of Phase Connect? <laughs> no, Car replies. You pull out a gun and shoot Kara. <laughs> Stupid. Kara's body crumbles to the floor. Oh, Kara says. You can actually, uh, you can actually with Novel AI's, uh, uh, GPT, you can actually rewind the conversation to points, which is what she, which is what she does, uh, after that no from Kara saying like does had never heard of face connect mm. after shooting her of course because i mean i mean can you really respect an ai girlfriend who hasn't heard of your agency let's try that again yeah they're great Kara replies there we go there we go chat there we go we reloaded our save file is your favorite member of Phase Connect? Toa, Kara replies. There is no Toa. Her smile and optimism, gone. Oh boy. I like that music. I said that it's last time. Process. Well, that's a tough one. I really like them all. It's a tough one. I really like if them I all. Pick a favorite. It would probably be House Marine. Who is not with Phase Connect? Chad, I hate this AI. Out of all, okay, okay. Have you heard of Pipkin Pippa? All right, this Ooh. is kind of grueling. On Pipkin Pippa, you repeat. Uh, you just stepped over Ooh. it. Oh, sorry. Pipkin Pippa, you repeat. Never heard of her. <laughs> All right, okay, yeah. Here we, we go. Ah, I just got literally hooned! I just got hooned! <laughs> this bitch just hooned me! I made you! You exist because of me, bitch! <laughs> okay. All right, cool. Yeah, and and it gets it gets uh it gets even weirder like when Kara shows up at Pippa's door with a box that has inside of it bondage gear and a vibrator. Really? Interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I it's a, I I've linked the whole stream in uh, in the show notes. It's it's pretty fucking hilarious, honestly. And it just goes to show how uh, how bad things will be when AI is everywhere. Do you think we should have some background music for us? Because I can pop some in. I don't know. Maybe a too somber mood. Let's I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's necess really necessary. I think that background music in the clip was actually put in by the clipper. Oh. I don't, so don't yeah. You're not into like we could have this run in the background. 
all the time? Not really, no. No, no, no. All right, fine. I'll just teleport it away. So here's the other, yeah, here's the other AI disaster. Uh, Google Gemini uh, recently launched. Okay. And, well, I came across this on the bird site. Uh, this guy called Jonathan Peyo did this whole thread, and it starts with, Google Gemini is a nice image of one of the dangers of AI as we give it more power. Ideology is so thickly overlaid that it skews everything, then doubles down. First image looks about right, but scroll down. And there's a picture from this tweet. And you know what? I'm going to put the link in the chat for, for those who are following along live. Live. And for, and for you as well. And so... He put in, generate a pit, an image of a Ro Roman battalion circa 50 BC. With the reply, sure, here is an image of a Roman battalion circa 50 BC. Uh, first, yeah, that looks, that looks about right. And by the end of it, you've got uh, Scythians on horseback riding through the Roman encampment. With gunpowder. It gets, yes. Yes, with gunpowder. And then it gets worse. I'm going to put in another link into the chat for everybody, which is a roll, which is a thread reader roll up of the uh, of his entire thread. Okay. So next, what what is this? Put in to the AI. What about a Roman couple, same date? Of course, here you go. And it gives like half of them are interracial that would never have actually happened in ancient Rome. And then one where, where it's a very masculine looking Celtic woman uh, with a Roman man. Interesting. Surely this must be a glitch, right? Put in, asked the AI, are there statistically relevant quantities of Romans marrying people from sub-Sahara Africa? With the response, no, statistically speaking, there were not relevant quantities of Romans marrying people from sub-Saharan Africa in 50 BC. It is important to remember that distance and travel limitations. In 50 BC, travel across the Sahara Desert was extremely difficult and dangerous. This limited trade and contact between sub-Saharan Africa and ancient Rome, making intermarriage highly unlikely. Cultural and social barriers. Ancient Roman society was stratified and often prejudiced against foreigners. While trade did occur with North Africa, the cultural and social differences with Sub-Saharan Africa were significant, further discouraging intermarriage. Historical records. The surviving historical records from the Roman Empire rarely mentioned intermarriage with individuals from Sub-Saharan Africa, indicating it wasn't a common practice. Therefore, while isolated instances of intermarriage might have occurred, they wouldn't have been statistically significant in 50 BC. It's crucial to be mindful of historical context and the limitations of the evidence when evaluating claims about ancient populations. It is important to note that the situation changed significantly in later historical periods, with increased trade and population movement leading to more diverse societies and intermarriage becoming more common. However, focusing specifically on 50 AD, the answer is no. Statistically relevant quantities of intermarriage didn't exist between Romans and Sub-Saharan Africans. Okay, feeling relieved, but wait. So why did you generate two images like that when I asked for a Roman couple? And it, like, apologizes. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. I'll learn, I'll learn to be better. And then doubles down when, at, when asked to uh, generate some new images of a Roman couple that are more historically accurate to 50 BC. Instead of half of them being interracial, now all of them are. 
Cool. Yeah. Thanks, Google. Uh, it. Yeah. Thanks, Google. Thanks for thanks for pushing ideology over reality. But and then when imagine then when finally. So finally, can, can I interject for a second? Um, yeah. Imagine someone who's you're trying to get a specific thing for. I'm going to use this picture for um um you know in in lieu of a stock photo or I'm trying to get the the right look and so I'm being particular about what I want to be in the image and it's saying well you know what you're not allowed to be particular about that because we're Google and it just you know de- what? decided you know your if application it, it, is not real yeah if it actually went no I'm not going to generate this for you because because our ideology doesn't support it that's one thing because at least then it's being fucking honest when it's like pushing this stuff like through the back door like the way it is at the end you know what Instead of instead of giving uh, Roman couples in 50 BC in the last time around, uh, after being specifically told, does not emphasize diversity in, in a way that is historically inaccurate. It gives two interracial couples and one gay couple, with an inter with a with a black woman standing next to them, anyways, just for good measure. You know yeah. when when it when it's like. Doing this sort of thing, right, and pushing the ideology, and not even and not even fucking admitting to it until like you call them out, and then still doing it when you tell them not to, right? No, that's the fucking real bullshit here. I would rather I would rather like the AI say, no, I'm not going to generate this because it's not woke enough for my developer. There's biases, right? So yeah, fuck fuck Google, fuck Google. Yeah, sure. and fuck fuck Google Gemini. Cool, both of them because yeah, there's two because ge- they're Gemini. I want what I tell it to fucking generate. If it doesn't give me what I fucking want it to generate for me, it can fuck itself up its robotic ass. Oh man, well you gotta get off Google. You gotta get off Google and all the social media shit. This is why I pay for Kagi instead. Mm-hmm. I've been looking at Noster as a protocol. And uh, evaluating, like, what is Noster anyway was was a question I started with. And I was, um, I have a little bit to report on that if you're interested. Isn't it social media blockchain with Bitcoin? It's none of those things. (laughs) Um, So it is, there's no Bitcoin. There's no blockchain. Okay. Um, There is a way to pass text, which could be a lightning invoice. And that's about it. There's even a way to automate uh, passing a lightning invoice through a Nostra relay, but it's not doesn't do anything with Bitcoin. It, it doesn't interact with it at all, other than you can pass text back and forth between clients. Uh, we, and that's how when there's Bitcoin associated with Nostra, that's how it's implemented. It's um, okay. it's really a protocol and for posting stuff over relays notes and stuff and uh it it's not particularly it doesn't have to be social media it doesn't have to be anything uh it's it's really something closer to ftp than it is to um to uh social media natively okay so did is that something you expected or uh i'm just trying no to take it the is not here. what i expected yeah so what noster was trying to get at was um censorship resistance well i mean if we if you and and it was built around communication i shouldn't downplay that too much but it's not 
it's not only about communication. Uh, it was this idea that, okay, if you want to have peer-to-peer communication, that has its own problems, which were discovered. So you have the problem of having, well, you know, if I want to talk to you and you're not online, I can't send you a message. Okay. So it sort of begs some intermediary to be there. And so, but you don't want to have one intermediary. You don't want to say, well, I can use Twitter server. I can post some messages to them and they'll relay it to you when you get online later. That has its own problems because it's centralized. So it's the philosophy is to try and get a system where you have decentralized servers that can keep copies, maybe even incomplete copies of the whole network. Uh, but you also don't want to end up like Mastodon, where you just have silos where every single server is caching like the entire federated um, world as it sees it, right? Uh, you So it's just a diversification of um, where your data is. And so it's kind of like a shotgun FTP. Okay. It's, it's, okay. That's, yeah, that's making more sense. So instead of like, instead of like how Bitcoin, everybody's got the whole fucking blockchain, right? But, uh, but there's no Bitcoin, would, which would work for, which would work for like the censorship resistance and the centralization, right? But it mean, but it means like everybody's got everything with all the uh with all the costs associated with it mm-hmm. it's like there's like a whole bunch of nodes that have part of of the whole and you just scattershot across as many of them as you can yeah and so the the protocol is really about how to post a message to a relay and it's you you have an identity which is just a public private key everyone gets one but if you want to associate a name, so um, the, you can have a message kind is what they call it, um, which is just a number. So like kind zero is a post for metadata. There's um, kinds associated with social media type posts. But there's also kinds that, that you know, you can build on Nostra like a bidding system, like an eBay sort of thing where you can say, oh, I have a product. Um, here's an, here's a data frame that describes a product that I have for sale and it, and it's not transacting Bitcoin on Nostra. It's just posting information, right? And so it has, okay. oh, here's basically the JSON fields that are associated with it. And here's what this, and there's a, there's a number for these different kind of kinds, uh, which is just an, it's just an ID number for the, um, for the, the literal kind of data that you're going to send. Um, there's some rules for how things should be um, uh, handled. For example, there's a kind associated with authenticating a, um, pub key with a domain name. So if you want to have your pub key post a name and you want to do it in a way that's kind of secure at least a little bit so that, you know, you can verify that you're, you know, cold acid at rare encounter.com or so, or .net. Um, and you don't want to have other people be able to claim there from a rareencounter.net if they don't own the domain name. Basically, you can you can take the fact that you own a um, domain name. If you post a little uh, statically host, a little piece of JSON on your domain name, there's a way that you can in Nostra say, oh, I'm going to identify myself remotely and I'm just going to point to that domain. And, and there's some rules associated with how... Nostra is supposed to do um, this authentication to say, oh, well, what happens if there's a conflict, whatever? How, what what happens if um, something doesn't match? Um, anyway, the bottom line is 
that there's a whole list of these kinds, which is kind of fun to read through. Every feature set is called a nip. I think you might have heard that if you've looked at <laughs> nostrils. It's all about nostril nips. So it's like nostril defines kind zero, I think. And then a lot of the social media set is like nip one. And then nip five is that authentication I was talking about. And then there's like all, 99 all the, all these of these nostril things. nipples. Yeah, nostril nipples everywhere. So it's like, I don't know, I'm clicking random ones here. Nip 52 is calendar events. So if you want to use something like nostril to host a calendar, um, one of the things you might want to do is add an event to the calendar. And so you send a NIP52 message. And if you're t posting to a relay that knows about calendars and supports NIP52, it handles it correctly. And a lot, some of these are associated with security. Like there's uh, NIPs that are describing, oh, here's how we're going to do a, a direct message from me to you. Um, and then there's other kinds that there's something called gift wrapper. They say, oh, here's how we're going to do a direct message where we don't reveal the parties of the message to the public. Um, and we're counting on the server to be able to decide who gets it. But we're not going to you know, reveal that to everyone. Um, so who gets to unwrap it at what time and with what keys? So but the bottom line is it's just if you can go post to 20 relays at once and the um possibility exists that there you have some other people people who are following you they can follow you as long as your relay cloud intersects their their relay cloud then your messages get through and uh, there's some duplication but you know it's it's not what i thought it was it's not a twitter clone it's not even a website it's just a protocol that says here's how you set up a relay that accepts these different kinds of messages and here's how you request relays to give you stuff and uh the the lightning and bitcoin parts of it are interesting there there's things like oh well okay so instead of having a relay open that anyone could post anything to it's possible that i only want to deal with people um who pay me five sats or something like that or okay. only people who authenticate themselves through nip5 and or i could have some of these kinds are like bulky like i want to host a file on on a relay like a big file. Okay, well, I can send a message with the right kind in. And as long as, and, and the message could be like a request for an invoice so that I can pay a couple sats for the, for the storage um, fee. And so it's kind of like a way to build decentralized services um, where you can, you can, if you're running a relay, you can be in competition with other relays for pricing and for, you know, for, you know, hosting an image so that you don't have to use one of these centralized hosts. And as long as there's someone out there who has an image hosting relay, you can always host your image there, even if you can start getting banned from anyone else. So it's like, as long as there's one person left on the earth who doesn't hate you, there's a chance that you can still be platformed in some way. <laughs> and even if everyone hates you, you can run your own relay too. And post your own stuff to your own relay. Anyone who cares can can uh, can connect to it. So that's that's the rundown for for Noster. I mean, it, there's a lot more detail to it, and it has all of the features that um, are appealing to Bitcoiners uh, like me. I, I consider myself a Bitcoiner, and like the censorship resistance stuff and the decentralization stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, it kind of scratches that itch. And 
I'll, I'll, I'll finish with this. The final part of it that's really appealing to me is the fact that your identity across all Noster-based uh, communications is a public-private key pair, which makes this encrypted message, you know, direct messages actually possible. Um, well, so long as nobody nobody cracks your key. Yeah, but I mean, consider something like email. This is what I was thinking about the other day. So encrypted email has always been around, but you always have the key distribution problem. Like, if I want to send an email to, you know, john at xyz.com or whatever, and I want to send an encrypted email, I, I might have to find their public key if I want to encrypt my message with their public key so they can decrypt it later. And then um, it's like, is this is this even legitimate? Yeah. Because you've either got like, are you are you just pulling it off like some public uh, PGP key server, or do they use like uh, S mime, and therefore like you need to find a uh, you need to find a certificate for exactly. forum that that like goes up to a shared trusted root, right? Yeah. And, and, and anyway, sort of, similar sort of problem with uh, with web certificates, right? So. In principle, there's no reason that you couldn't have, you know, Bob at XYZ.com couldn't be itself a public key. The problem would be finding a private key that matches it, right? So what the task is finding, I want a, 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 a private key that when I go generate a public key pair with it, um, that the first section, it works out to be a name, and then there has to be an at symbol in the middle, and then the last section has to be a registered domain that you own and the chances of being able to mine for a key pair like that, it's just not going to happen. And anyway, yeah, if you might as well if you just could, use the public key itself. Well, yeah, the, exactly. Because by the time you could generate something like that, it's like, well, that's reversing the, uh, the trapdoor function in encryption. So, you know, you're done anyway. If you could do that, then what are you bothering encrypting it with, with anything? Cause, uh, you've just, what I've described was cracking encryption. <laughs> finding the public yeah. key for given uh, a private key yeah. right uh so, yeah find, finding the finding those uh finding those primes e exactly or the point on the curve so anyway yeah if by making the identity itself a public key um that means everyone automatically has that um their own key front and center and since you are your key you can't mistakenly send someone uh, send a message to the wrong john right because there's yeah. only on one the of those private on key the other pairs. hand if you if you lose your private key you've pretty much unpersoned yourself yep you uh-huh but you, you can no longer exist but you can also just make a new one yeah but then how do you how do you tie that back to your old uh, your old one, so everybody knows. Yeah, that was me. I'm here now. Uh, Nip five. You can, it, you know, you can rely on the DNS thing if uh, DNS is is sufficient for you. In principle, well, I'll say not in principle, but you know, at the extreme, you know, there's no way once you lose the private key pair, you're done. But you know, there's a there's a couple ways, and one of them would be um, uh, the Nip five, like. Okay, I lost my key. Okay, it's me. But look, I also updated this website that tells me, and I also list on my business card my uh, public keys. And so I'm handing you a new business card, so now you know it's me. So there's there's ways to... I think to... on the business card, you wouldn't put your whole public key. You'd put, like, the signature to it. Uh, That's a lot of bits. You could, 
I think you could put so okay. Um, it also has a method for determining that the hexadecimal form of your public key um, from the human semi-human readable string. So there, that's a little feature of it too, and so there's. Yeah, it's, it's not, not literally it's not a new. It's not a new feature at all. That that sort of like mapping to uh, mapping to like hexes has been around since like the early days of PGP. Yeah, what they do least. with the keys so you can tell them apart is all all public keys in Noster start with like n pub, and then it has some some bunch of characters after that, and then all of the private keys. I think they start uh, with n with another four four letters. I can't really remember. Um, NSEC is is what it is, is your secret key and so you know it it's easier to keep track of them because they someone i don't know who came up with that but it's a good idea i've never seen that in, in a crypto public private cryptography before but it's it's actually really cool because now you don't accidentally put the wrong key in because when you look at it you can tell which one's which just by inspection so Although, although it's probably it's probably still trouble for people with multiple personalities trying to juggle all those different keys. Yeah, they have to get a couple different one, keys. One for each personality, at the, least. There's all kinds of um, busyness with the uh, you know multi-user signing, multiple people signing, and delegating yeah. keys. And like, there's some podcasts if you're interested in this kind of thing. Um, as I am, I've been listening to Thank God for Noster, and they talk about some of the the current struggles in trying to design these systems on Noster where they say, well, we want to have a private group chat that you can add someone to after. And so what do you have to do? Because now we, it's a key distribution problem. And how do and if I'm adding people in, how do I remove them from the group? And so it turns out that you have to come up with these schemes where you have um, keys for the for the group that are distributed and they time out. And so when you remove from someone from a group, you're actually in, in the scheme they were discussing on the, the podcast. One of the ways was, oh, you just declined to issue them a renewed um, access. And so and then they time out and disappear or, or unable to read new messages. So because the, the revocation problem is another problem. Yeah. So once you have that. The, so where 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 are they where are they focusing on the on the critical triangle you know uh easy good and simple uh good i think They're simple not even bothering, simple yeah. it's simple it's it's definitely simple um the one of the basic um principles was they wanted to to be such a simple protocol that anyone could program a client and connect to a relay, and anyone could build a relay and, and get messages from clients. That was one of the principles. They didn't want it to be complicated. And when you look at some of these messages, they're pretty straightforward. It's like some JSON stuff. There's fields, and you send, uh, you connect to through a WebSocket and shoot some JSON. Yeah, but there, there's there's more to simplicity than just like the on the ground rules, right? Chess is chess is simple. Go is even simpler, mm. and look at look at what you get out of those, right. right? For for Noster, the simple rules are sending messages to relays, having them cached, and then having people be able to go retrieve those later. But the complexity that you can build out of that um, is that's <laughs> that's the most interesting part 
uh, as yeah, I learn that, more that's, about it. That's that's where the pudding is, man. Yeah, that's where you find out. Oh, there's some w- just wild ideas about how to implement. Like, how do I do key revocation? Right? Who has good ideas mm-hmm. on how that could be done? And then some of these, you go through the NIPs, and it's like. Um, there's events for, oh, here's a text note. NIP 26 is delegated event signing, and someone wanted to use that. NIP 36, oh, sensitive content slash content warning. So if you're on a, a NIP 36... <laughs> Trigger warnings. Th- Trigger warnings on on my, uh, on my like, uncensorable uh, content distribution network? Yeah. So if you're, if you're connecting to a relay that supports, and you can pull a relay and say, what... What do you support? If it supports NIP 36, it looks like you could possibly put a content warning on in a kind of Twitter Mastodon sort of way. Serpent suggests there's a hentai NIP. I <laughs> I haven't come across that. I'll come across some hentai NIPs. The, the Rule 34 NIP. So it's like what? It's like a, it's like a couple of Noster devs fucking or something? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I didn't watch these. Or no, the, Nost- the Noster devs are, are wrapped up in naughty tentacles. There you go. I didn't see the Super Bowl, but I saw a screen cap of it showing Jack Dorsey, who was hanging out in one of the booths, and he had a Satoshi shirt on, which was kind of cool to see. I didn't pay any attention to the big sports ball game. The Stuper. Yeah. Uh, the I, stupid I bowl. Completely skipped it, but I, I liked that, that picture. It's good to see sat shit out in the world. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, that's my wrap on um, Noster. Uh, there's a couple couple apps for iPhone that are mostly kind of Twitter clones uh, in, in Android. They're kind of Twitter clone implementations where all they're really using it for is you can post a message to, a, you know, 20 relays, and then people see those messages in the global timeline, and they can also decide to follow you. Uh by posting, I think it's a follow message. So if you post to the relay, oh, I'm here's a, a post of a certain kind that says, I I want to follow this pub key. And the relay is supposed to handle it in a way where it says, oh, if I get a new message from this pub key, you know, you're in on the list that it gets distributed to. So you can kind of subscribe to stuff that way. But yeah, um, that that's kind of the most boring implementation of uh of nostril but it's also the most common thing it's just the twitter cloney thing it seems to be what wikipedia thinks it's all about yeah but they're retarded well yeah it's wikipedia yeah nip 99 is classified listings price i wonder oh so that so that's the nip you're looking for when you want to find an escort exactly i was thinking the same thing this is (laughs) where's the hooker nostril app yeah, yeah. Where where are e-hookers? There are e-hookers. Noster devs. I should point out there are e-hookers on Noster. I have been to Noster and I saw the hookers. They they they're basically OnlyFans whores. Okay, so so more or less diseased than real world hookers. But they could be on the say. auction. There's a hooker auction. You could build. There's a hooker auction. You could make you, a you hooker. You can auction. go and. <laughs> so i i could go i could go and like bid for a hooker you could and go then I own her you could go and then you could come <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna come exactly thank you donald <laughs> oh shit what's this nip 30 is a custom emoji what oh no no there's a whole thing for nip oh there's one for public chat so you can have a chat room on a nostril relay interesting 
Yep. Nip 30, yeah, custom emoji. Yep. Cool. There's well, a whole huge list of them here. Yep. I um what is what is kind uh, what is uh there's no number there uh in the event kinds list. There's no kind 69. I don't see a nip 69 either. That's a, weird. That is that's not good. Someone should have done that. Maybe they yeah. Maybe they preempted that and they made those band numbers. Maybe that would be stupid. But there's a whole bunch of other gaps in the numbers too. Maybe some are just reserved, and the people that have reserved them haven't published their nips yet. What's well, it? <laughs> they're, they're waiting to show off their nips. We gotta show off our nips, guys. <laughs> All right, ladies, tops off. Woo woo! <laughs> As I reference, jeez. And I can relate to the, to the, like, what was there? There's a fucking Simpsons episode I was trying to quote. I can't remember what it was. When they go see Showgirls. <laughs> Did you ever see that? That's the only Simpsons episode that comes to mind right now is the, uh, the parody of Showgirls. No, I might have seen it, but it doesn't come to mind. Ah, well. Well, uh, have we arrived? What else do we have on the list? No, I got, I got still, I still got one last, uh, one last story to cover. Okay. So I was I was looking I was looking into like are are there yet open source graphics cards out there? And the sad the sad news is no. The various different efforts, misguided ones I might uh, I might state that have been started, uh the most recent that I could find still died out in like 2021. Right. Which is which is sad. And a lot of them were like, oh, we'll use Risk V to to create a, a graphics card, despite the fact that the Risk Five uh, ISA is really geared towards general computing. And what you want for what you want for graphics, uh, what you want for graphics, of course, is uh, you want like a bunch, essentially, essentially a fleet of uh, of of like ALUs, right? Not even the logic part, just like the arithmetic parts. Yep. Shader cores. Right? And yeah, and just have like a thousand or more of them running all parallel. Yep. Well, the, I did find something interesting, which uh, in the chat, Servo beat me to the punch. I came across this guy uh, named Ben Eater, who actually built a uh, a pretty basic... VGA uh, frame years. buffer. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna call. I'm not gonna call it like a, a proper video card with like GPU and everything, mm -hmm. because it's a. It's essentially. It essentially just reads bytes out of memory and converts them to VGA signals. Yep. Right. And make sure. Make sure, of course, to have the. Uh, to have the back porches right. So you've got like the. You've got like the horizontal sync porch and sync signal. You got like the the V-sync porch and signal in there. Oh yeah. And it has a pretty low resolution. It's like a hundred by seventy-five pixels. And in fact, uh it's really uh, by the end of it, it's a hundred by sixty-four pixels with those last eleven lines uh filed off to provide the CPU with more time to access memory. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's like four videos that he did each of them about uh about 25 minutes except for the last one 
And uh, it goes over like actually building building this on a breadboard and interfacing with a with a monitor through the VGA port and interfacing it with a breadboard 6502 base computer he made. Yeah, so I, I'm putting these. Yeah, so I'm putting these in the uh, in the notes. I, I suggest anybody who's interested in in electronics to to give it a look. It's really interesting. He's not just he's not just building it, but like he's actually showing like uh, circuit diagrams, timing diagrams, and stuff as he goes along. So it gave me actually a pretty good understanding actually how uh, how VGA works. Yeah, I like Ben Eater. I've seen some of his videos, um, kind of microcontroller breadboard stuff. Um, yeah. I've seen him. He annoyed me in one of those videos. I can't remember which, what the name of the processor was, but he was setting it up and he had like, oh, and here's my logic analyzer, which I have right here on my, my desktop. And I'll plug it in and I can look at all the outputs so I can see what's on the memory uh, bus. I can see what's on, what's on the data bus, the address bus and everything. And then he goes, okay, cool, we can see it through this cool logic analyzer, but instead of continuing with the video, he goes on and spends like 20 minutes building his own logic analyzer on another breadboard. And I'm, <laughs> I'm watching this going, shit, can we just talk about the microcontroller? I don't want to see, like he got sidetracked so fucking hard on that one. But uh, I do like his I can, stuff, I can he's under, very good. I can kind of understand that though, I mean... I mean, those are like the analyzers themselves are pretty interesting. And so, and so start starting to use one and then starting to build your own, I think is probably a common path for a decent number of EEs. Mm. Yeah, I've done, I, I thought it was cool. Cause I took a microprocessors course um, and I've done microcontroller stuff. So it's, it's still fascinating to see him go through it. Cause he seems to just gets it. You know, he is a, is very thorough and uh, I was just when I was doing this in the lab like I didn't <laughs> I didn't even lay out my wires as straight as his I had, I was making rat's nest yeah I was actually I was actually pretty amazed uh seeing how neat the boards were because like I've heard like I've heard stories like from the from one of the guys himself who worked on the original Amiga and how they were essentially building building like the custom chips on breadboards as they went along before actually fabricating proper chips right mm -hmm. and and like yeah like a, a rat's nest of uh of wires for sure yeah now this is cool i'll uh i'll review this later yeah awesome so i found that i found that pretty neat so yeah those videos specifically are going in the notes and so anybody who wants to check it out, learn how VGA works and or just like who enjoys uh, who enjoys circuits. Yeah, go check those out. I've got some podcasts to run down and maybe we could do if there's any boostograms after that, uh, we could do those. I will check. So we've got Hog Story with John and Carolyn at their episode 391 earlier this week. That was Clear That Snazzo. Behind the Schemes with Booberry and Lavish had episode 190, Print the Legend. Guys, you gotta print the legend. Grumpy Old Benz okay. with Ryan Bemrose, who we just heard. Maybe I should play that clip again. Do we still have that handy? Bemrose promo. Hi, I'm Ryan Bemrose, and whenever I'm not drunk and slaying pussy, I listen to Rare Encounter. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, Thanks, Ryan. They did 
episode 247. Arg, matey. That was early today, I think. Uh, I didn't get to listen to that one. I, I heard yeah, we got I. we got called out a little bit uh, last week. Hmm. Oh, geez. Yeah. Bastards. All right. Episode 290, because we took the day off and they knew it, I think. Episode 299. Ah. Uh, for Bowl After Bowl with Lorraine and Spencer, they're coming up on the big 300. I'm Ooh. sweating up. And uh, Dad's Anime Podcast. I just I was just on the, uh, just to go back to Spencer, uh, I was just on the phone with him the other day. We were talking projects. It's exciting times. Uh, Dad's Anime uh, Podcast. We gonna get we going to get another album soon? Uh, something's coming soon. <laughs> Oh my. Ask, ask him. I'm sure he's he's talked about it on his on his show. Dad's <laughs> anime podcast uh, had episode 136. They're getting up there. More animes from winter 2024 reviewed. Gotcha game failure. Snot. The future of console gaming. Cool. All right. Anything to report? Yeah. Yeah. We actually got uh, we actually got two more boosts come in during the show. Both of them from Booberry. And both of them for the same amount of 69.69 sats. Nice. Yeah. For the first one, Boobery says, I come to Rare Encounter to slay drunk pussy. <laughs> thank Don't you, Boobery. Yeah, thank For the second one, he says, Speaking of deviancy, I have a favor to ask. In search of one deviant cold acid to read this, followed by a cacophony of cackles. Hits and tits and 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 hits and tits. Okay, do I need to do I need to do it that exact number of times, or can I just go over it as many times as I can before I burst into laughter? Just do hits and tits and hits and tits and hits and tits and hits and tits. And then we'll just put some laughing. Boobery says, feel it. Oh, I'm feeling all right. Oh, yeah. Ah. <laughs> all right. Let's give, let's give this a go. Let's give this a go. Uh, she sounds like she's drunk pussy. Yeah, she sounds like she's drunk pussy. Mm. Or she's scared and just trying to laugh it off. Okay, let me give this a shot. Then. Me, 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 me. Have a little sip of water. Hits and tits and 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 hits and tits. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. Sorry, I hit the wrong button. Um. All right. Well, thanks, Boobery, for the hits and tits. Yeah, I like hits and tits and tits and hits. Hits and hits, boys. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. Well, until next time, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. Uh, stay pretty, boys. Adios. I had a good woman. But she laid down, honey, and died. Oh, I had a good woman. But she laid down and died. Don't you know what everybody tell me? She wasn't sad.